0: Welcome to the SEM Insider Insights podcast series presented by Bing Ads. These are conversations with PPC experts and influencers who are sharing their tips and advice so you can become a PPC pro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Insider Insights. I'm your host, Francis Donegan-Ryan, and today I'm delighted to have uh, Frederick Valleys as our guest. Uh, Frederick is the co-founder and CEO of Optimizer. He's uh, based in the Bay Area here on the West Coast. And uh, has been a long-time influencer in our industry, has written many articles and uh, books, and is definitely looked up to as a leader in the PPC world, and so I'm thrilled to be able to chat with you today. Welcome, Frederick.
1: Good to be here, Francis. Uh, thanks for all the kind words you said about me.
0: No problem. No problem. Um, So if you've ever seen Frederick speak in an event, um, you know that he's talking about uh, automation. There we go. (laughs) Um, And obviously, that's a lot of what your company does as well. Right, Frederick?
1: Yeah. So the the company Optimizer, we really started it because we saw that to manage a PPC account really well, you you just have to put these best practices into play. And a lot of them just take a lot of time. You have to download a bunch of reports. You have to put them in Excel. You have to do all, all sorts of like pivot tables. Uh, And honestly, nobody wants to be doing that tedious, repetitive downloading of a report. So we just automated that portion and then we present the suggestions to the advertiser and then they can still tweak it or they can hit one more button and say, looks good to me, go and make these improvements to my account and then it's done. So uh, really automating a lot of the work they otherwise would have to do. Uh, manually,
0: and we're already in the midst of the holiday shopping period here in uh, in North America, um, as well as Europe is is picking up their pace as well. Um, people are already started shopping there, even without the Thanksgiving holiday in that market, but. For us, I I look at it like it's, if we were accountants, this is our tax season, right? This is the season where everything counts. You make one error or something goes dark or you don't fully optimize something. Um, This is when you're, you're definitely going to see that in your earnings and your reports and your conversions. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, it's to make it or break it time of year. So if you're not doing AdWords right, then uh, it could be big trouble. Or Bing, of course, uh, you know, uh, always talking about AdWords here, you know, the, I came from Google, so sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, not doing PPC right is going to be bad.
0: Not doing PPC. <laughs> and we're all friends. And the thing is, I I don't, I, I doubt there's anybody listening to this podcast who isn't doing both. Um, and so, of course, we're going to talk about um, what you do on both platforms, uh, and and I wouldn't be surprised if we start um, getting advice on um, automation on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, Amazon and um, but today we'll stick to uh, Bing Ads and AdWords because those are what we know well <laughs> at the moment.
1: <laughs> I think you bring up a good point there, right? So I think Amazon is one of those uh, real go-to places when it comes to shopping for a good reason. And so yeah, kind of one of the first things that I think people really should be doing when it comes to PPC is taking advantage of some of these new ad formats that uh, the engines are coming out with. Uh, and, and kind of the thinking is uh, Google and Bing, they're really good when you know what kind of product you want and you just want to find the lowest price or you just want to close the deal. But earlier in that uh, the, you know buying process, you often are just kind of shopping and the engines haven't been really good at you know, making that a pleasant experience. That's why people go to Amazon. But but so in the past year, um, there are actually new ad formats that make that early stage shopping much more pleasant. Um, And so I think that's a huge opportunity that retailers should be taking advantage of, but it does mean they have to make new ad formats. So it's pretty tactical, Um, but I think it's this is the time to start doing these things.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that you know, I, it sometimes feels like when I go out and I talk and, and you know, myself, and my colleagues show all these new different ad formats, um, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'll figure it out later. Exactly. <laughs> and we're like, no, you have to be doing well, this right now. And, and that's the tricky um, thing, right,
1: Francis? So it's like people have come to, to have this expectation, I think, that so many things are going to be automated by Bing and by AdWords. And so they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, You know, I'll see the results next month. And then they don't realize they actually have to at least flip a couple of switches, maybe set up a new ad format, at least set it up to start being built. And and so one thing I talk about when it comes to automation is kind of comparing it to the self-driving cars. Uh, And and that's the classic example, right? But in self-driving cars, there's actually published levels of automation. And the whole point of those is that people don't get into a car expecting it to fully drive itself. And the next thing they know, they've just run into a tree. Uh, and ruin the car, uh, okay? So, and I think in PPC, we should also be talking about levels of automation so that you can go to someone and be like, hey, if you want to do bid management, like this is the level of automation to expect, but it also sets the expectation and of what you still need to monitor as a human to make sure that you don't hit that uh, tree, uh, whatever that tree may be in a PPC world, uh, right? Just like dropping off the cliff and going be- below the fold or onto page two of the search results, um, and that's where I think, as an industry we we kind of have a ways to go to to set the right expectation of what the tool does and what the human should do
0: right and I think something that you know I know has been talked about before, so when you know if if we got better at saying um, set up for this ad format or or for this type of campaign here's what here's what you should expect in in automation here's what you should expect to do sort of hands on tactically. do you feel like the I felt when automation tools um, were originally coming out that there was a lot of distrust, Um, a lot of distrust to say, to allow like, I'm going to let Google do this, or I'm going to let Bing do this on my behalf or for me. Do you feel like that, that trust is... Stronger now, or is it just that we're more comfortable with automation, or is it just that we have so much to do? We're like, eh, that's not something I can worry about anymore.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's like the tin hat sort of distrust where people are like, if I give my CPA data or my my value data to Google or Bing, then they're gonna do all these nefarious things with it. Um, but kind of forgetting that at the end of the day, like these companies, Microsoft and Google, are not gonna make money if they kind of mess with the advertiser, like that that long-term trust is really, really important. (laughs) So it's in their best interest to do the right thing. And they do. I mean, I was at Google. I know we were, you know, we didn't always do what was perceived as the right thing, but our heart was always in the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, Right? Nobody's perfect, but we were certainly trying to do what was best for the advertiser and the user. Uh, but, But I think when it comes to automation, the automation researchers have actually come up with this interesting notion that when you work with a human, You know, a human account manager, trust to build slowly as they prove to you what they can do. But when it comes to machines, it's the other way around. With the machine, we step into automated bid management, expecting that it's going to be perfect. And then trust gets lost as opposed to gained. And I think the problem, especially a couple of years ago, was that the automation really wasn't that good. Uh, The bid management would sometimes work, uh, but then seasonally it would fail. And oftentimes it would actually fail during the most important season, which is right now. Q4, and it would right. fail because it just didn't know what to do with this sudden spike in traffic and it couldn't compare it to what happened last year. And so it got confused and then it wasn't bidding enough. And so you were losing all this opportunity and then people are like, oh, wow, you got to turn this off and never do it again. Uh, but, but now people who start to try the automated bidding actually see that machine learning has gotten far better. So the results tend to be much more reliable. Um, and you see the results more quickly. So so I, I think that's kind of changing how people perceive it.
0: Yeah. I think uh, just kind of building on your machine learning point, clearly you know, working at Microsoft and living in our uh, our tech uh, bubble West Coast business, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so excited about machine learning. I think it's the greatest thing that's going to happen. It's really the thing I think that's actually going to start impacting people's lives when we talk about technology changing lives. And then, you know, coupling that machine learning with AI or with mixed reality or other um, ways to interact with it, but particularly that that just the power of that machine learning. And so, I'm all for. I wanted to. I'd like it to machine learn my entire life and tell me how to do things better, how to live more efficiently. (laughs) Um, I think that most PPC pros um, are probably very comfortable with technology. I'm guessing they're, you know, the early adopters, leading edge. Um Is there still a fear of machine learning and and if so, is there a way that people like Microsoft and Google and even you who have these automated tools that we can you know talk about it in a better way or ease people's fears?
1: Yeah, and uh, I think so, right? So I think the media is largely responsible for painting this picture that AI is this humanoid that's really smart and can do everything, and then the a <laughs> level of fear sets in. And we're all like, well, wow, does that mean it's going to take my job? Um, and yes, it will take your job. It will take many of the aspects of your job. But a lot of artificial intelligence today is actually more of an expert system. So uh, Google might build something that's really good at setting bids. Uh, Bing might come out with a budget management automation. But these systems generally don't talk to each other, right? So the, the machine learning that's figuring out better queries to show your ad for is kind of disconnected in a way from the bidding and the budget system. Um, And so you as a human still have to play kind of like that oversight role. And and even figuring out which automation are we gonna use? Are we gonna use the one that's provided for free by the engine, or are we gonna try a third party tool that we have to pay for? Um, And how do we make that decision? How do we measure which one is better? Um, so I think there's actually still a lot of stuff that humans will get to do. But but I'm kind of at you, Francis, that, hey, if the machines take my job and I can do in five minutes what used to take me a whole week and I get uh, to spend the rest of the time with my family and go to the beach and I can still make money because, you know, we're still building all these efficiencies, then great. I'm all for that.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, I could talk about this side of the technology for Forever, but I want to pull us back in a little bit to the holiday season in particular. We are three and a bit weeks away from Thanksgiving uh, here in the US. And and as we've seen in a lot of data, even um, in Canada, U.S. Thanksgiving and Black Friday have now become a massive shopping period in Canada, even though they already had their Thanksgiving in, in October. And I've heard even this notion of Black Friday is starting to move to even other um, regions around the world. So it's becoming this kind of... Infamous shopping day, now pretty much wholly unrelated to Thanksgiving <laughs> and uh, and globally recognized. So as we march up to you know those Thanksgiving Black Friday Small Business Saturday Cyber Monday days, and then leading into our last run into Christmas, what um, you know what are key elements that you would suggest people start automating right now, or being comfortable turning on automation or You know, really encouraging people, hey, you need to start doing this now to to really be able to nail it in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think budget is probably number one. The amount of money you're going to spend is going to change dramatically as we hit Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And if you just keep running with the budgets that you have today, and if you were kind of budget constrained right now, uh, that's going to be even more so the case on those really important days. So look at some tools to predict what is going to be spent. And, And so you can use a tool like Optimizer, you can use other tools, but it should look historically at what has been happening year over year, but also what's been happening uh, this year, right? So how much bigger is the holiday season typically, plus how much more or less expensive has CPC been for you in the last couple of weeks and months? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's number one. And then I think just being ready to respond very quickly. So having good alerting tools in place, having good monitoring tools, Yeah. um, then that's one. And then, you know, when it comes to shopping ads, specifically for retailers, I think having the account structure that allows you to act quickly when you have an insight. Uh, and so at Optimizer, we came out with this, uh, we call it the grip structure, groups of individual products. So it basically means that each product group, um, each product group being where you can actually set your bid, each product group contains exactly one product. And so the, the, the beauty of having that sort of a structure is that you can actually make bid management decisions that have no bearing on uh, or or are not impacted by how you structured your account in terms of higher level product groups. So so what we often see is someone will set up an account and they'll do first level product group is like uh, by brand and second level is by product category. And now you kind of get stuck because if you have 10 products in each of these product groups and it's based on brand plus category, it means that you have to set all the bids. If you change one bid for one of those products, it changes for all 10 products in that group. So it doesn't give you flexibility. Um, so with this grip structure, what we've been able to do and what we've heard other really well-respected uh, influencers talk about is one day you can say, let's look at brand. Let's look at brand performance. And if we find one brand is kind of like running away for uh, Black Friday, um, let's put more money towards that. Okay. And we can do that because each product lives in one product group. Uh, but then the next day we might say, well, let's do the analysis based on like the size. So say you're selling sneakers, you can actually say, tell me my performance for size 10.5 versus size 11 sneakers. And you might find that the 10.5 sells really, really well online because maybe that's the size that's hard to find in a store, in a physical store. Uh, and again, you can act on that. But whereas if you had just a more generic structure where you put all of your sneakers, you know, it might be the same sneaker, but it's a different size as all of them are in one product group, well, now you might know that the size 10.5 sells really well, but you can't actually do anything with that because if you change the bid, you're changing it for the size 12 just as much as for the size 10.5. So I, I think those are a couple of the things I would pay attention to.
0: Are there other, you know, sticking within uh, kind of shopping and product ads, are there other kind of features or tools that you're using, you know, in AdWords or in Bing ads to enhance those ads, whether it's in audience lists or customer lists or um or other ways that you're like
1: dynamic remarketing and yeah yeah i mean i so again we're more of a tool vendor right so we don't specifically uh use those retail ads but we do have a pretty good insight into into what's working and i think generally using all of these capabilities to enhance the ad that draws more ctr that draws more engagement and then the people who tend to click are better informed so they actually have higher conversion rates so absolutely take advantage of all of these things um, that are out there. But like one of the maybe lesser discussed techniques, we focus maybe a little bit more on bid management and kind of like feed structuring. So one interesting um, notion is everybody keeps talking about managing the CPC bids, but very few people talk about changing the pricing of the products. And people, not surprisingly, are very drawn to the lowest price on products. And in product Mm -hmm. ads with the price being so visible, if your product is literally one penny more expensive than your next competitor, and both of you are showing up uh, in those same ads, well, guess who is going to get the sale? Yeah. Unless you have a really strong brand, it's going to be the cheaper one. And so, um, you know, kind of maybe backing off and saying, let's not raise the bid, the CPC bid by 20 cents, but let's just drop our price by two pennies. Um, that's much cheaper to do. And it might actually get us a lot more sales.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I- <laughs> I love that suggestion. I think uh, I've talked about this many times with other guests on the podcast that sometimes as um, PPCers, we're so we're so drawn to the data and we're you know, we're up to our eyes in it and we love it, right? We love being (laughs) drowned in data so that we can sort through it and find gems within that data and live half our life in Excel. But I think kind of the negative side of that is we often don't lift our head up and see the bigger picture, which is why I just loved that example you gave us. You know, was it, I, I would imagine most people would have pushed for that 20% bid increase without thinking, okay, well, if we just upped or, you know, decreased the price by five cents, um, that's where our conversion will actually come from, because that's what humans actually look at. Um, exactly. And I, I do think the more we can remind ourselves to lift our heads up out of the, the numbers, think big picture in terms of the entire experience of shopping for something and remind ourselves that this is a human being, <laughs> our friend or a neighbor or <laughs> a family member that we're trying yeah. to say, hey, you should buy this one.
1: I mean, what would you do, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And often that's your answer right there. So Yeah. And then I think, I mean, so... It, it is sometimes challenging, so I, I make this example, but it's really not that easy to put into practice because oftentimes it's hard to figure out what the other prices are. Yeah. Uh, but now the engines are making reports with that data more available, so it becomes a little bit easier, especially for your top products. Um, and, and then the other thing is the PPC manager may actually have no say in sure. what the prices are for the products. But, but So I think if you're at the management level, like this is the type of discussion that you should take to the other teams, the SEO team, the, the merchandising team, and really start sharing that data Yeah. so that, you know, even if it's not this season, but next season, you can actually run a more efficient business. And I think that's where you're going to see the winners, right? Like everybody's going to do well in the holiday season, but there's going to be bigger winners than others. And the bigger winners are the ones that take it to that next level.
0: So I'm going to, we've talked about a lot of different things, <laughs> um, which is great. I'm going to pull together some of what I think are the key takeaways of what we've chatted about. And then you chime in and let me know if I've missed one or if you want to add one to it. I think the 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 first one that that really sparked with me was fully understanding our expectations of automation. So both... What parts will be automized? You know, are we expecting perfection? What, you know, overall, if I optimize my bid management, what are my expectations for that? And what else is manual that I have to keep up with, you know, in order to make sure I'm I'm doing, you know, the best for the account? Um, yeah. I think that the kind of the other things that, that you talked about sort of combining them together were... You know, the real key things that you can use automation for, which, you know, is really particularly in this season is budget, budget management, alerts and monitoring. Like you just said, you know, the winners, we're all going to be winners this season, but the champions of the season are going to be the people that can recognize and make changes immediately in order to capitalize on uh, either fix something or capitalize on a behavior or activity that's happening at that moment. And then the last thing, um, well, I loved what you talked about in terms of setting up product groups in a, in a different way, so that you can really optimize each of those products um, specifically for themselves. Because, uh, like you mentioned, they may all have a nuance to them, whether it's a size or a color or a location of where that product uh, is available in house or uh, or in store. And you know, a lot, setting your accounts up in the way that's going to allow you to be able to to have the most control or not necessarily control, but opportunities to optimize is is going to help you win this season as well. And then I just loved uh, what we talked about at the end. That's like like you said, you know, what would make you buy something? How do you shop? Um, Remember that, you know, you're chatting with humans and don't get too drowned in the in the data and in the tiny little optimizations and and just remember people are shopping those people are real people talk to them how you would want to be talked to as a shopper
1: exactly it's still marketing right
0: yeah <laughs> well we um, we've had a great discussion today I'm really thrilled that you're able to join us Frederick you're such a delight and um, we're always excited to be able to connect with you anything else you want to share about automation? To our listeners, yeah, I mean,
1: I, I think you said it really well. Uh, maybe I'll leave people with a final story. So, uh, mm. when it comes to automation, it's really important that the humans and the machines work together. I think that's where the biggest opportunity lies, and it's best illustrated in uh, in, in this game of Go Alpha Go. So, everybody's probably heard how the machine from DeepMind beat Lee Sedol, who was the best player. In this game, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where the media story ended. The, the machine had beaten the human, but the story that nobody's talking about is that there was a specific move that the computer made in the game. It was move thirty-seven, and the human actually looked at that, had didn't understand why that move had been made, but the more he thought about it, he actually was like, "Yeah, that's that's a brilliant move. That's what I should have done." Um mm. and so now he's become a much better player by looking at what the machine has done so it's it's not the machine that's best it's not the human that's best it's actually when the two work together. So when we think about automation and all the things we talked about you know don't don't try to over automate but really figure out where the human you are good and where the machine can help you, and that's what's gonna you know deliver the champions like we said
0: oh, that's brilliant. Well, uh, that's it for us. Another episode of Insider Insights with Frederick Valleys, uh, co-founder and CEO of Optimize, Op- Optimizer, um, tripping over all my words today. We'll be back again soon with another episode of Insider Insights. Uh, but for now, take a listen, prep for your holiday uh, strategies and, and, and good luck with our upcoming crazy holiday season. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Insider Insights podcast series from Bing Ads. You can catch up on all the other episodes on the Bing Ads channel on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Share your feedback with us on any social channel using hashtag Bing Ads. And until next time, thanks for listening.